MP, I've got a secret. You're having a baby, Bretto. <laughs> no, MP. You're moving to Byron. Not yet. You've got me a Christmas present. Well, maybe. But that's not the secret. What is it, Bretto? I'm not telling. Mate, that is just cruel. <laughs> I'll tell you next week. When will you tell me, Bretto? Well, Monday, November 26th, 8am, MP. Put it in the calendar. It is big news. And I think thousands of Wellness Couch podcast listeners will love it. All right, Bretto. It's in the calendar. 8am, Monday, November 26th, to get Bretto's big news. Make sure you get your emails by signing up at thewellnesscouch.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thewellnesscouch. Do it now before the secret gets out. Do you want to know the secret, MP? Stop teasing, Bretto. The Real Food Real is proudly sponsored by Melrose Health. Founded in 1979, Melrose Health has been delivering improved health over three decades by developing natural, delicious and innovative health foods from the best natural and organic ingredients. Their healthy kitchen oils range has just launched and includes my favourites, liquid coconut oil, grass-fed ghee and avocado oil. Visit melrosehealth.com.au or check out at Melrose Health on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Ali McLean, Katie Pettuccini and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness and optimising your health, metabolism and longevity. While you're tuning in to today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Real. In episode 199 of The Real Food Real, we are joined by our gut guru, Kirsty Worth, to teach you how to combat candida. We explore the commensal nature of candida, what happens when an imbalance occurs, and the common but varied symptoms associated with an overgrowth. You will learn how to accurately determine your current levels of candida and the dietary and herbal treatment protocols that naturally rebalance and overgrowth. Let's dive in. Hello again, Kirsty. Thanks for joining us again today. Hey, Steph. Thanks for having me. Let's dive straight in today. I want you to teach us how to combat candida. But before we learn all your tricks of the trade, I want to set the foundations in regards to what exactly candida is um, and maybe when it becomes a concern. Yeah, beautiful. So candida is actually a normal part of our gut microbiome. So I think a lot of people think we have to eradicate candida, we have to get rid of it, we, you know, we don't want any in our body and that's not really the case. 
it's something that we do have inside. It's, you know, as a symbiont in our gut. But what can go wrong is when it, there is an overgrowth. So when there is too much candida compared to the other bacteria within our gut microbiome. So, you know, it's a commensal relationship with, you know, the rest of our gut microbiome. So um, I think that's really important to know that because I just see people all the time on these real kind of eradicate candida and um, candida absorbs and digests heavy metals you know, it, it really does support nutrient absorption. There is actually wonderful things that um, Candida does. So now we've got that in our minds, it, you know, sort of the next thing to think about is it, it is a yeast. And so it's a type of meat yeast that is in our gut. And interestingly, this is what I find interesting about Candida, is that it uses sugar or converts a sugar into um, an alcohol. So it's, you know, an ethanol alcohol called acetaldehyde in our bodies. And so when we see excess candida happening, so when there's too much in the body, some people literally feel drunk or yeah. they feel hungover, yeah. which is, you know, our bodies are basically like little, um, you know, breweries that if the candida's, <laughs> too prevalent in the body (laughs) and then you go and have some sugar which then converts with this yeast inside our body so we're this like crazy little factory going on in our body you have your yeast in there which is a candida you feed it the sugar it metabolizes and is broken down into an alcohol and that's pumping around in your veins and in your body you're going to feel drunk and then you're going to feel hungover, and then your poor liver has to mop up the mess and requires huge amounts of nutrients, extra nutrients, to clean up that mess. So things like glutathione and amino acids, like um, you know, all of our beautiful amino acids like glycine and um, cysteine. So it's, it can get really, um, really out of control quite easily and it can cause some real sort of system breakdown within the body. Yeah, fascinating. I'm really glad you mentioned that it does have some important roles, but it's it's that sort of bell curve analogy that we talk about, or the Goldilocks scenario, so not too little and not too much. Um, but, yeah, fascinating symptoms that it might lead to in an overgrowth. And I do want to explore um, symptoms a little bit more in terms of, you know, I think Candida is probably more well known for that symptom of vaginal thrush, but I want to get your thoughts on how else it might manifest Mm -hmm. in the body and then some of the symptoms that we might be experiencing as a result. Yeah. So I think like candida is quite sneaky Mm. in the fact that um, a lot of people probably don't even know that they have it. So it can be really overt. Like you can have major, major bloating. You can have diarrhea. You can be covered in rashes. You can, you know, have allergies. There's those sorts of things that can happen. But some people just have random sort of brain fog. They're really tired in the mornings. They can have insane cravings. Like I can't explain to you well lots of you probably have experienced this if you've ever had candida the cravings are out of control like you can't almost contain yourself it's like an out-of-body experience when 
you know that you've had enough or that you shouldn't eat that food, but you just crave it and want to just keep eating and eating and eating. Um, what upsets me uh, is that some people don't realise the real impact that can candida can have on, you know, it can lead into autoimmune conditions, it can lead into, you know, right down to cycle issues and irregularities, um, PCOS, it can lead to like muscle and joint pain and it has a lot to do with diabetes. So it, it's actually... Um, quite debilitating for someone when they've got a like a very much a systemic candida overgrowth within the body, which means that it can be happening anywhere from your mouth biome, which is that horrible white filmy, you know, <laughs> furry mouth, right down to like athlete's foot yeah. and a fungus in your foot. And then obviously everywhere in between from top to toe. So it, it can really take over your whole body, and um, and it, 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 you need to you need to really watch that. And because I'm, you know, it still surprises me that amount of people who have that I see who've got significant candida overgrowth. And when you kind of go through the different parts of the body, it's that real light bulb moment of holy smokes! Like my body is mostly made up of a candida overgrowth instead of this beneficial bacteria that should be made up of. Yeah, well, that's what I find really interesting in in the Western model. You know, I've seen plenty of um, tests that have come back for positive candida, but no discussion or no treatment. And part of me thinks, you know, that it's because there might not have been like a thrush or a really sort of what would be a more obvious symptom. But when it's systemic and we're talking about symptoms like, you know, sugar cravings or it's the, the brain fog or it's the, the digestive issues or the joint pain that you mentioned, like they're obviously not the ones that we've always linked directly back to the, to the gut until more recent years. But, you know, it absolutely needs to be treated. And I think... Mm-hmm. The, the testing is what's going to help you get um, start developing that treatment protocol. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's even tricky to test because, um, you know, because it is systemic, you kind of have to take swabs from every part of your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> part of your body to, so, you know, when it, when it comes to candida, sometimes... Just treating it from the get-go is just as important as going through those tests because uh, it is more obvious um, and for some people you can actually see it, like the oral thrush you can see. the You know, you can see what's going on on your toenails and you can um, see even candida on the skin, on our skin biome. So testing, you can see it in your small intestine when you do something like a bioscreen test. You can do vaginal swabs, you can do mouth swabs, and you can really see the levels of this uh, significant overgrowth in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So we've definitely set the scene with that. So what could possibly be causing the overgrowth? I can, I can definitely think of um, some of the reasons. Obviously, sugar is going to be a really big one. Um, I want to get your thoughts on what else could contribute to the overgrowth um, and I'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first one I'm going to start with is stress. I cannot stress mm-hmm. <laughs> enough how much stress can play a huge part in candida overgrowth. 
So when we are stressed, we um, the amount of sugars in our bloodstream, so I won't sort of break it down too, too in-depthly, but when we're stressed, we have a change in our metabolic state in our body, which basically means that we have more um, cortisol we ha- in, in our body, which increases our blood sugar level. Now, when that increases, there is more sugar available in the body to, for the candida to feed on. And so we don't even, because we know that um, too much alcohol and too much excess sugary foods can lead to candida, but some people can have a candida overgrowth and they eat the perfect can, anti-candida diet. And I know you would have seen this too, Seth. So, you know, um, you'd see, a, you know, your perfect client that eats all the right foods, they have their fermented foods, they do everything that they're supposed to do, but they time and time and time again, it, you know, every month they get vaginal thrush or they constantly have a rash or their athlete's foot or, you know, their mouth biome is compromised, but they're doing everything right with regards to their diet and environment and lifestyle. But the thing that they've missed out on is that stress response because that cortisol level rises, insulin level rises, and there's more blood glucose floating around and the candida feeds off it. So I I can't um, highlight that enough. You've got to manage your stress levels if you are dealing with a systemic candida issue. Um, Antibiotics is a massive one that can cause candida. And unfortunately, um, you know, we do have a lot of antibiotics in our environment, whether we're taking them or whether they're coming through in our food source or um, however we're getting our antibiotics, um, it can completely uh, cause a candida excess. And also a lot of medications such as the pill or pharmaceutical medications can cause that too. And then, um, you know, just not having a a diet that's really diverse that feeds your gut microbiome. So, you know, um, lots of fibre, lots of resistant starch, lots of fermented foods, um, you know, bone broths, all those sorts of things that's going to really create an awesome diversity in your gut. If that's not there, that's how the candida over, you know, basically outgrows. They crowd out all of the beneficial microbes and they just take up the space and the environment. So, um, yeah, there's lots and lots of reasons why we can see. And I, unfortunately, these these guys grow really quickly. Like it's a yeast. It grows quickly and in huge amounts. So if you have a big weekend where you go out on Friday night and you go out on Saturday night and you have afternoon drinks on Sunday, if you have drinks that whole time and then you're having maybe a dessert or foods that you don't normally eat, a weekend of that is enough to for that candida to multiply and grow. And if you don't have the beneficial microbes in place to protect you, suddenly you've got a candida overgrowth. Yeah, it sounds like my 20s. It also sounds like my European trip yeah. a few, a few, a few yeah. years ago when um, 
Unfortunately, I decided to do my bio screen not long after getting back from a month of drinking rosé and eating French fries with nearly every meal. So <laughs> that was a little yeah. bit of a shock to me. Quite interesting to learn firsthand. Let's say that. I know, and it happens so quickly. I mean, it is literally my, you know, all of my 20s and most of my 30s. So, um, But, yeah, it happens really quickly, and I, I don't think, I think people think I've got to be really sick for ages or I've got to have these symptoms for ages. But, you know, even now for you and I, Steph, we've worked really hard on creating a really diverse microbe, you know, microbial community in our gut. But if you and I went away, you know, you went away again to Europe and thank you, I'll come with you. And we did spend a month drinking and not nourishing our bodies. We would both come back with candida. It's not a, something that's just set in stone once you sort your gut microbiome out, suddenly you're fine, it changes like that. So it's, it's how you put it back into place is the, the key. Yeah, so fascinating. I really want to talk about kombucha because it's a yeast, right? So how does that come into play with candida being a yeast itself? Yeah, so kombucha, you know, the scoby is a yeast and so um, there is a lot of, you know, information going around about, you know, is it good for candida, is it bad for candida, is it feeding candida, all those sorts of things. Now, yes, absolutely it will feed candida if you're having a kombucha that is basically a glorified soft drink. Most of the uh, the kombuchas on the market have just as much sugar in them as a soft drink. And so the sugar is going to feed your candida issue, not what, you know, the yeast that is inside the kombucha. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, a scoby and you're making kombucha at home and you're double fermenting it and all the sugar is gone and you're having a small amount, so like 30 mils in conjunction with sauerkrauts, yogurts, kiffers, a variety of other fermented foods, then kombucha would be absolutely fine. But if you're going to the shops and you're getting, what are they? They're like 375 mil yeah. bottles, I think. One litres. And, <laughs> and you're, yeah, and you're downing that on its own in a day and you're having maybe two of them a day or three of them a day, that will absolutely cause a candida overgrowth. Mm. So... Remember diversity, diversity, diversity. And so you can't just put one type of um, bacteria in your body or or yeast in your body and think that that's going to be healthy for you. You'll end up, yeah, causing more of an overgrowth and more pain, more cravings and more problems. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So I want to jump into, uh, if I could speak the English language, I want to jump into treatment (laughs) and Talk more from a dietary standpoint. So, you know, clearly real food is an amazing template to start with to treat a candida overgrowth. But are there any particular foods that we need to be really mindful of if we are looking at a dietary intervention to start? Yeah, absolutely. So candida, as we talked about before, being a yeast, it feeds off sugar. So it metabolizes and uses the sugar so it can grow. So you really need to cut out sugar. Now, that's an obvious sort of thing when you're talking about processed sugar, 
But unfortunately, there's also whole foods sugars that in the process of balancing your gut microbiome and bringing that candida back into the, you know, the right percentage that it should be in your gut, you may have to just cut out, um, you know, even fruits and just keep berries in until you can get that balance in check. Mm. But yes, absolutely, you will need to change your diet and really minimise the sugars. Candida loves carbohydrates because carbohydrates turn into sugars in the body. And so, you know, I would highly recommend focusing more on fueling your body with good quality fats and then, you know, eating beautiful quality proteins and then heaps of vegetables, but keeping the sugars quite low and then, you know, obviously adding in fermented foods and bone broths and those sorts of things. But you don't want to be feeding that candida anymore. Yeah, definitely. That's the big one. Um, looking at your alcohol intake as well will be really, really helpful. Um, I'm thinking more oh, along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go on. I was just going to say, I just, it was, to me, I was like, yeah, of course you wouldn't have alcohol. And I just I actually just forgot to mention it, but that's a huge one. Yes, yes. People are still drinking nearly every day. Um, I was yeah. also wondering about foods that you might sometimes um, see online or there's some questions around foods like bacon or certain nuts. Do you give any advice around that or do you think it's largely just essentially like a, a well-designed LCHF template? Yeah, so they're all the tricky ones that is about you working with an awesome practitioner mm. and finding out what's going on for you. So you might be the person that had a rocking gut microbiome and you could digest your food really well and everything was fine and then you literally, you know, did a step and just went to Europe for a month and drank yourself and silly <laughs> and, you know, had, had beautiful foods, more sugar than you would have, you know, had heaps of gelati and then you came back and you had a candida overgrowth. Now, before the overgrowth, you had a robust gut that could digest food. And so, yes, you would be able to keep nuts in because you could digest them. And you would be able to keep things like bacon in and certain foods because you were doing pretty well beforehand. And so it's going to be how long have you had this condition for? How compromised is your body? How long has it been out of control? Because absolutely there are some people who have had candida for 20 years and their body literally has no ability to digest food. Their liver is very compromised, which is why you would cut out the bacon and they really need to start from sort of ground zero and work their way up. And so, uh, yeah, you, you need to take stock of where you're at and your health journey and then what you specifically need. So it's going to be different for everyone. So when I, you know, started dealing with, with my candida issues, I I'd had had gut problems for most of my life. So that I couldn't have, you know, nuts and bacon and all sorts of those things. I just, just couldn't deal with them. So it is very individual. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, moving on from a treatment point of view, we know there's obviously lots of conventional options and that would depend on the site technically. If, if it was like, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, 
things like athlete's foot would be typically treated differently to vaginal thrush. But I'm pretty sure that you're going to have some more natural options for us. And I appreciate this might be quite individual, but even if you just wanted to give us some, some food for thought as to what some natural treatment options might be. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, sort of so far the treatment's been, you know, Diflucan or Nilstatin or something like that, which um, it will work for a point in time. But then as soon as you stop them, if you haven't grown that, you know, beneficial microbes back, the yeast or the candida is just going to grow back again. So you, you sort of, you don't get anywhere and you, then you end up having to be on these, you know, these sort of um, anti-candida tablets for a very long period of time. Whereas when you're treating it, the first thing is just to really make sure that your digestion is absolutely awesome. So candida thrives on undigested food. So you need to focus on that. And then um, I would highly suggest that you use things like raw garlic, which is absolutely incredible for treating candida. So you crush the garlic. You know how you, um, you know, get the knife and you sort of crush it down and you get all the beautiful oils out of the garlic. And you can crush it on a spoon and then put some olive oil on it so it doesn't um, have that horrendous garlic taste when you have it. And that's going to be really, really powerful. Um, and then for some people, if they have vaginal thrush, you can actually, you know, you can dip a tampon in, um, say, the culture wellness yogurt. You can even use garlic. There are so many ways that you can change the pH of that area and you can start to get rid of that candida overgrowth and, you know, enable those beneficial microbes to grow back and to get that balance back again. Um, you know, and then once again, the fermented foods can be very powerful, but you need to make sure that you are going really, really slow with the fermented foods and working on bringing the candida down. And then if you've got, um, you can then use certain herbal medications. So you can use um, herbs like um, powder arco and you can use um, like in our, in the culture wellness, candida herbs. Um, you know, we have a series of different little herbs that work on bringing that candida balance down and but supporting the liver and enabling the, you know, the, the, the body to excrete all of the different types of metabolites from the candida. Yeah, I love it. I think definitely why you'd work with a practitioner because there's a lot to look at. Um, and, I, you know, whilst that's a really great way to treat it naturally i think that some people are definitely guilty of, of thinking about how to support their body during that time so unfortunately they get quite sick and, and some of it could definitely be avoided if they had all the tools of the trade on how to support their body detox and and essentially like you know really gently help their body and their microbiome rebalance oh absolutely i mean when we do a candida cleanse with our clients the, you know, alongside that, we always do like an antioxidant blend. So the candida releases, you know, huge amounts of um, toxic metabolites. And so, you know, having things like rosemary in there and green tea 
and turmeric, um, it just mops up a lot of that toxicity and supports the body more because a candida cleanse can be, you know, quite hard on the body and, you know, the herbs that we use, like the, as I said, the powder arco or the thyme or the golden seal, those sorts of things, you, yeah, like, you, you know, you need them and you have to use them but you want to be really supporting the body in the process. And you and I see it all the time, Steph, with people that have been on an anti-candida diet for two years and they've reduced down to barely any foods and they feel terrible all the time. And it's just because um, they haven't quite got that structure in place of how to bring the balance of the candida down, grow the new microbes and also mop up the mess that comes from that rebalancing. Yeah, absolutely. So please do work with a guided practitioner um, and make sure that you are ticking all of those boxes. So that's amazing advice. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Last question for today's show, but if what would be your preference from a testing point of view? You mentioned that, you know, you would otherwise need to sort of swab every area. I can't see that happening anytime soon, but there, there are some blood or urine tests that we can do and some byproducts we could look for in, say, an organic acid testing as well? Yeah, absolutely. So you can get organic acid tests, which is, you know, you're looking at the um, byproduct of the candida, which is the acetaldehyde or that ethanol that we were talking about. And, you know, if, if that's really high in your test is going to be, a, you know, obviously a big chance of having quite excessive amounts of candida in the body. Um, you can look through blood and obviously look through stools. So sometimes it comes down to your practitioner that you're working with and their choice of candida testing that they want to use. Um, but, you know, I would first of all go with looking at rebalancing the body changing your diet and your environment and lifestyle first and if it's still causing you problems then yes go for some testing to really see how prevalent it is and if you do need to kind of ramp it up a bit more yeah i love that so amazing obviously guys if you've um experienced candida or you need support treating it please do reach out to kirsty and the team at cultured wellness i'll put all the show notes on how you can contact them directly online um and as always kirsty and i love receiving your questions so please do contact other um or probably for myself because i'll manage those questions don't send them to kirsty um i'm sure your your dms are are rather full already um so i'll manage the questions but we've got another um q a episode coming up very soon so please send through your questions we'd love to help you personalize things a little bit more and kirsty i can't wait to have you on the show again very soon oh thanks so much for having me Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Reel.
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.